WIOX is supported by you and the following underwriters. Sam's and Fleischmann's, Sam's Country Store Deli and Gas Station. Open every day for groceries, Mexican herbs, local craft beer, and with food to go, sandwiches, tortas, and tacos, and tamales on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Sam's on Main Street in Fleischmann's, samscountrystoreny.com. Totally good time on Main Street in Margaretville for graphic tees and sweatshirts with nostalgic phrases, humorous designs, and Catskills whimsy. Novelty items inspired by classic movies, TV, and pop culture. Open Saturdays from 11 to 5. Totally good time. Main Street in Margaretville. On Instagram at Totally Good Time and at TotallyGoodTime.com. The Mountain Eagle, the community newspaper and website serving the Catskills region, covering Delaware, Schoharie, Green, and northern Ulster counties, with local reporting, regional events, school sports, letters, and features, all in the Mountain Eagle. WIOX Roxbury is supported by you, and a really easy way to support WIOX is to donate your car or truck, one that you don't need anymore. You know, the one sitting out in the backfield or off the side of your driveway? We'll get the old clunker out of the way at no cost to you. But it could be worth hundreds of dollars to support WIOX. Learn more about WIOX vehicle donations at WIOXradio.org. Thank you. Listening to WIOX Community Radio Live and Local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and MTC Cable Channel 20, 107.5 FM on the campus of SUNY Delhi and everywhere at WIOXradio.org on computers or smartphones. This is from the forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest related topic with Ryan and Zane. Zane, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? All right, what have you been up to? 
What have I been up to? I've been uh, out in the woods lately in all this wet weather. Um, seen a lot of interesting things crop up. Uh, a lot of mushrooms, a lot of fungus, um, a lot of uh, uh, what I think I'm seeing is slime molds around. They're pretty interesting. So You just made that up, Zan? Yeah. <laughs> no. Explain slime mold. Well, I think slime mold is kind of like a, like a single-celled organism. It's not really a fungus. It's not really a bacteria. It's in a totally separate kingdom, I think. But they usually crop up when we get these like really humid, wet conditions. And they just kind of appear randomly, spontaneously on leaves, on uh, decaying wood. Um, this one I'm, I saw over a couple of days, and it's just white. It just looks like this right white crustiness on a bunch of leaves and twigs, and it's growing on the twigs. Uh, and it just, it's white. It's kind of like a like whipped cream on the on the ground and it's just just a random interesting thing to to see i don't touch it i don't know i don't know, I don't know what kind of life form it really is and but i don't know interesting uh have you seen uh slime flux you ever see that on yellow birch or something no is that the pink one yeah it's like it'll be frothing out of a tree sometimes it's pretty nasty yeah so i guess that might be a similar uh in that same category, I've seen most more of that this year than I've ever seen before. Yeah, it just looks like melted kind of uh, cotton candy streaming down a tree. It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's attacking the tree. I don't know if it's a sign of some other wound on the tree. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad. Yeah, I'm not sure. When I looked up slime flux, I don't think it's uh, parasitizing the tree or anything like that when I looked it up because it, mm-hmm. it wasn't a member's property for the Catskill Forest Association and uh, yeah, I don't think it was negative or anything. And other ones I've seen is like kind of bright yellow like highlighter yellow ones those are pretty interesting and I know I know these are big problems for like golf course managers you usually get them on uh, certain grass species um, so, but uh, yeah, this is the weather for them, so Yeah, well it's been raining, it was pretty dry before all this rain, so uh, I know up north in Vermont and and uh, northern New York, they got too much rain, flooding and all that. But um, I guess some spots down here had some flooding, right? That's what I've heard, yeah. Some yeah. areas. Um, Orange County, you know, is what I've heard. Um, but, uh, you know, coming back um, into town on, on Sunday, coming through Schoharie, that was pretty uh, rainy weather. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It was, you know, coming in and out. Um, you know, the weather drive through a sunny area and then downpour again. Sunny area, downpour. Trees seem to be liking it, though. I, I noticed a lot of growth after this rain. Like, yeah. they put on some growth. Uh, so I was happy to see that on, on my trees, my planted trees. So Yeah, that's excellent. Um, the streams are up, so I like to go fishing when the streams are up. And took my uh, little guy, son, out fishing the other day because the last couple times we went it was pretty embarrassing the, the streams are so low the fish aren't biting as much at least mm. the way i fish and um so you know it's like he was probably beginning to wonder whether i can catch fish you know? yeah <laughs> so but we caught a nice uh over 12 inches brown trout and uh wow. he ate he ate 90 percent of it you know and uh and a little one i kept the little one just because we had to have something to eat <laughs> you know to bring back 
But then we caught a nice big one, nice healthy red gilled brown trout, you know. So that was cool. So he, is he fishing with you? Or is he yeah. just watching you? He's yeah. He, he, I tried to get him to hold the rod, and he would, but he was more uh, interested in finding worms under rocks the whole time. Yeah. That he had to get on the hook, even though yeah. we're using well, artificial lures. Oh, it could yeah. be an important step. Yeah. Uh, cool. So he's not quite hooked yet with, with fishing, but. He likes it. He went. He wanted to go as soon as I mentioned it. But, yeah, he's all about finding them worms, you know? Yeah. I know. That's what I was about. Yeah. Uh, um, the other thing I've been noticing is gypsy moth. There's, uh, again, I think I mentioned this previously in another show. The escarpment area, anecdotally, seems like the worst, meaning where the Hudson Valley, Rondout Valley, kind of meets mm. the Catskills. Uh, Accord, Kerhonkson. Stone Ridge, Ulster County. There's um, some defoliation in places, but there's a lot of egg masses and a lot. Man, today I was down in um, Kingston. It's mailing address Kingston, but it's really um, Lamontville area, Lapla Road, Ashokan Basin, uh, below the Ashokan. And there's just tons of gypsy moth hitting us in the face um, <laughs> and laying eggs. So each one of those egg masses is over 400 uh, gypsy moth for the next year so next year should be maybe bad in that area yeah i mean i saw a lot of those egg masses too and the females were were just laying them they're all uh on the tree and they were fluttering around in the canopy there but i didn't notice a lot of bad defoliation uh, but they were all over the tree so yeah like you said i think next year their population is going to be even more and it's going to explode and they can expect uh you know a big outbreak there yeah so hopefully it doesn't come up the mountain more and i was buying a car unfortunately and um i was down in new jersey parsippany so it's about 25 to 30 miles south of the suffern new york and uh it's just it's amazing how it's not that far away and there was just tons of uh wild growing volunteer sweet gum hmm. just everywhere a tree that you never find up here and that could be a tree we plant up here because it is hardy uh, I looked it up to zone five. It grows well. It doesn't need as much maintenance as other trees. It, it usually grows a central re leader, right, mm -hmm. Zane? Yeah, it seemed to have a straight growth. It's got a palmate star-like leaf. Yeah. That's, you know, you might mistake it for sugar maple from afar, but um, it's, it's you said much, corky bark? Yeah, it's much uh, glossier leaf than sugar maple. And, yeah, and on the, on the twigs themselves, you can see these corky wings just flaring off of the twig very distinct not not many trees like that um but uh, i know that the fruit that they produce they produce these um spiky balls they look like just a bunch of bird beaks clustered together um so those could be kind of uh, a nuisance in a ornamental lawn landscape yeah. area you know you don't want to walk on those with bare feet oh, okay but, but, yeah, they're beautiful trees. And they seem to have no real diseases that I can speak of, that I know of. Yeah, and um, it's a genus, liquid amber, I guess is what it is, um, that is not very commonly planted. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I read an article years ago, and I, and I tend to agree with it. If we keep planting all the same genuses everywhere, you know, it adds up, and maybe diseases catch up to that, you know? Right. So this is one that's not commonly planted, so... Uh, it might do better. Hackberry also has that corkiness, too. Hackberry's right, a cool tree. Yeah, right along the trunk. That's one I, I rarely see, um, except in the Hudson Valley area. Yep, Accord. Um, 
down in Ellenville. There's yep. it grows near the Rondout. Yeah. I've seen it. It has a fruit that's edible for humans and wildlife, so that's good. But um, here's a tree we're going to talk about tonight that probably anyone can plant as long as they have shade, which a lot of you have shade, shady properties. <laughs> and I mean a forest canopy around your house. And if you have that, then this, then you're in luck. Tonight's talk is about dogwood, all about dogwood. A weird tree. A weird tree because most trees like full sunlight or do better. But mm. this tree is a weirdo and actually needs some shade. Yeah, partial shade, right? Yeah. So that's what we're talking about tonight. Uh, a lot of this um, information, some of it came from the Spruce, which uh, is a pretty good source online. I use their stuff all the time. But dogwood is known for its flowers, summer berries, fall foliage is beautiful. Usually it turns like a red burgundy color, right? Yeah. The maintenance on these trees is, is, is pretty easy. Um, usually has good form. Uh, small trees to shrubs, which we always recommend planting small trees to shrubs, regardless of whether you have shade or not near the home, mm -hmm. because you don't want a future hazardous tree. Yeah. So I know these can get like up to 40 feet, which is not very tall on a tree. Tops. Yeah. Yeah, tops, right? Yeah, they're more like shrubby. You know, some have that multiple stem form, but some have uh, kind of a larger leader naturally. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a tree where choosing the site is really important. You can't just plant this anywhere. So I always tell members, you know, partial shade. And I explain to them, you know, the site that gets full sun in the morning when the temperatures are low and in the afternoon when it gets hot, uh, it's in the shade. And that's where I've seen them do best. Okay. Uh, when you worked for a plant health care company in Syracuse, you, you probably ran into dogwood issues all the time, though. Yeah, usually the ones that were in a big uh, sunny field. Um, they'd have all sorts of leaf issues like powdery mildew and uh, fungal issues on them. Because um, it kind of is counter to a lot of the principles of what we kind of recommend for reducing fungal loads is sunlight and airflow. But these ones tend to be more susceptible when you have both of those things. So it's very Strange. interesting. Yeah, I remember going to a um, plant disease talk over in Massachusetts years ago, and the guy uh, was just saying that. He's like, I don't even need to get out of the car. I mean, I see a dogwood. I see in, I see shrubby-looking, terrible-looking leaves. I just know, oh, that's just planted in the sunlight. And I was like, what? Yeah, I didn't know that about dogwood. Yeah, you can create sunlight in a site, but you can't bring shade to it you know, right. naturally. So it, it's tough to remedy, and you're kind of just stuck with that. I've seen the powdery mildew ones. They just grow a little bit slower, and they have kind of that whitish hue to their leaf. Um, and, of course, the anthracnose, another fungal disease, which is a little bit worse for them. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, the ones around here I always see, you know, I only kind of see them when they're in flower and they're poking out of uh, a wood line somewhere along the road. Yeah. Other than that, I can't find them, you know, but just by driving. You just stumble upon them in the forest edge once in a while. The only real, well, there's a couple. Um, the most famous dogwood that's native in the Catskills, and it would only be really on the edge of the Catskills, like where I live in the foothills, hmm. would be American dogwood or flowering dogwood. Um, Cornus, Florida. And it has these br big bract-like flowers, and uh, but there's not as many as there used to be. A lot of them get dogwood and thracnose, it seems. 
and you know i don't know it's just uh it's one of the prettiest dogwoods there is there is another one we'll talk about tonight that's around here in in markerville area but there's a lot of cultivars out there that you have a lot of options when it comes mm. to dogwoods there's a lot of non-natives or non-invasive and uh that, that you can plant from from europe and asia and you know, the name Dogwood, I was looking this up, and no one seems to know where the hell this, this tree gets its name from. Yeah, I have it, some questions there. <laughs> yeah, so when I looked it up, um, there was one claim that it originated from a Celtic word called daga, like D-A-G-G-A, like a dagger, to make a dagger from. Hmm. Then uh, there was another one about it, it having fruit that was fit for a dog, like it was not looked well oh. upon yeah although there's there's two <laughs> fruit there's two trees that actually aren't too bad from dogwood that i would recommend we'll talk about there why is yours something else uh no I, I i assumed uh you know had something to do with uh maybe like foul smelling bark or some you know old use for the for the trunk I, i'm not sure i've cut down some flowering dogwoods at my house that were dying and they do smell lousy. Now, I don't know if they naturally smell that bad or is it just from the dogwood anthracnose that gets a disease in the wood? Because huh. it's pretty bad. Like, What's you know it. What does it smell like? Feed or just... Mm, no. It's got to like, have a smell to Almost it. like rotten, something rotting. Ugh. You know? That's just the sapwood? <sighs> the heartwood? It's, it might be both. Probably the hmm. heartwood. You ever cut down a tree and there's just water that's been in the crotch of a tree for probably decades and decades? It's pretty foul. Ugh. You know? Yeah, you're cutting it and you break into that as you're making your, your plunge into the bottom. You get just total waterfall of uh, water on shit. just get yeah? sprayed with that. Yeah. <laughs> that's just Usually awesome. the first tree of the day, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's something. Um, the genus name is Cornus for all these. Uh, it comes from Cornell, which is Latin for horn or the shape of the berry, people think. So there you go. There's a little background on dogwood. But um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest with Ryan and Zane. Tonight's topic is all about dogwood, a tree for for you people out there who got some shady properties, meaning uh, you know you have a forest canopy that's, that's right around you. Yeah. Um, so IDing a dogwood. How would you ID a dogwood with the leaves, Zane? Well, I look at the uh, the twig structure. You know, same with sugar maples and ash trees. Dogwood has opposite twig arrangements. Um, most of them do, not all of them, I guess. Um, but uh, it's a simple leaf. So unlike an ash tree that has more of a compound leaf, it's just one uh, leaf per leaf stem. And uh, yeah, they're opposite on the twig, so it's a mirror image. Um, the leaf is smooth. It has kind of these unique. Uh, venation on the leaf um, and uh, the edges of it are smooth there's no serration on them like on other leaves um, yeah it has an ar- arcuate venation I guess yeah, the, the, the veins arc in the leaf they arc okay that's how I tell viburnums I think I think might do that too which I, I confuse viburnums with dogwood sometimes because viburnums also have opposite twig pattern mm. and hydrangeas they kind of have an arcing leaf vein to them oh yeah right i'm, I'm thinking of yeah but so dogwood um they're not that common the bark is scaly to nearly nearly uniform um gets some peel when they get older like kusa dogwood or korean dogwood 
Um, the American or flowering dogwood gets these square scales. I don't know how else to explain that. I've yeah, I've always described it as alligator hide. It just kind of oh, looks cool. like an alligator hide. There you go. Once you see, you're like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it, it's just very blocky, blocky, not as uh, blocky as um, like a chestnut oak, but kind of smaller, blocky. Uh, yeah, like an alligator hide. Yeah, stems. they're more square, rectangular. They're not yeah, like yeah, chestnut oak that's long, ridgy. Yep. Yeah. So flowers and fruit. Some well-known species have these large bracts, like the flowering dogwood, Cornus florida, but not all. The fruit is a droop, and some are actually toxic to people, and some are edible. We will talk about the two edible ones tonight, which I, one of them I, I, I'll talk about later. I just I, uh, found in Massachusetts and uh, was eating it quite a bit. Well, the, the flowers, you know, people usually say, I love the flowers, but are they really looking at the flowers? Mm. Like if you told them to, okay, point at the flower, what are they going to point at? They're actually going to point at the bracts, yeah. which aren't the petals, which aren't the sepals of the flowers. It's just like this... Uh, it's what you see that's that gives that pink or, or whitish color to them. It's usually, not a real fat flower, right? Yeah, it's usually it's a modified leaf, so it's just a leaf with a little bit of color on it. And usually at the end of it, there's like a little notch there where it gets darker. Um, but yeah, those are just uh, coming from the flower themselves, but they're not actually the flower petals. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, the tree is trying to attract pollination, I would assume. Yeah. By doing that. In a, just a different way. Yeah, I've never seen any. I don't know if that's how common that is on other trees, but, um, yeah, that's what I learned growing up. Oh, you're not looking at the flower. You're looking at the bracts. And hmm. bracts are usually, you see bracts on um, uh, basswood, um, those seeds. It usually has like a little uh, fin hanging off of the seed when it drops. And you see bracts largely on um, cones. Pine cones, um, hmm. different different kinds in the scale. So it's just a modified leaf. Interesting. Yeah, just to draw some attraction to insects, I guess. Hey, look at me. Management. Uh, most are considered understory trees, midstory trees. Probably more like lower midstory at most. If growing in the wrong spot, as we said before, dogwood is highly susceptible to anthracnose, dogwood borer, especially, unfortunately, flowering dogwood. But um, up next, we'll talk about the soil, watering, pruning, planting, fertilization, etc. And then we'll get into actual species of uh, dogwood. Holy cow, that's some rain coming in. All right, and if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest. Tonight's topic is all about dogwood. And I'm going to keep the 4th of July going since uh, I wasn't here last week. So there. Oh, I wish I was. In the land of cotton Old times there are not forgotten Look away Look away What? Look away Takes you there Second toe You're on your own, man Oh, 
Dixieland I was born Early Lord One frosty morn Look away Look away Look away Dixieland I mean, could you imagine watching Elvis live? I don't know. Where was that recorded? You know, I don't. I don't remember. I feel like it was down south. But um, Elvis can sing. That's the understatement of of the show tonight. And that's the American trilogy. Three different songs. Uh, trying to bring the, bring the country together. What a concept! But uh, <laughs> Dixie, um, a lullaby, and uh, then what the uh, Union Army would sing, I guess. You know, so it's know. a cool song, it really is. Anyway, this is from the forest every Wednesday, six to seven p.m. And tonight's topic is all about dogwood. Dogwood, I feel like, is a uh, underplanted tree because 
of what's going on around people's properties. A lot of people have uh, trees that are growing taller and casting a lot more shade. And this is a tree that actually likes a little shade, so you can plant this tree. I planted a dogwood right next to the Ellenville Library in Ellenville, Ulster County, yeah, at least eight years ago, maybe hmm. ten. I, I drive by it once in a while, and it's doing just fine. It's underneath some big trees, and it's there. That's a flowering dogwood? I think it was flowering dogwood. Cool. I don't remember, to be honest. Cool. But it's there. It's doing great. Yeah, planted a couple of flowering dogwoods as part of our tree planting program, and they're looking great. And yeah, I, I go with uh, those partial shade sites, and it seems to work out. Yeah, um, this one was more of a demonstration, and they just wanted a tree, so I didn't really have too much. I didn't have any say about where it went, but it's uh, it's grown. They're fairly easy to get too. I know I can get them at um, Tractor Supply. You can order them in a couple days, and and they'll have them. Huh. Uh, containerized tree too. It's only about two and a half, three feet tall. Yeah, yeah. But it's got a good root system, and yeah, it ships easy. Pink or uh, white. Like I said, there's a lot of cultivars. Soil. What is it like? Well drained, rich, acidic soil, which is describes a lot of places in the Catskills. Watering. You got to water these guys though often. You know that mm-hmm. if they if any tree you might imagine that likes. Some shade, probably like some water. Not standing water. We're not talking about that. People get the wrong impression sometimes about that. Right. Like you got to water a lot. Well, it's it's near a spring, so it'll be fine. Yeah, that's too much water. Right. Well-drained and watered often. Another dogwood does well there, but not uh, oh, yeah. uh, flowering dogwood. Right. Yeah, they are drought uh, intolerant. They, they uh, dry out easily, so they do need some watering. Yeah, there's some exceptions to the... What I'm saying with some of the dogwoods, yeah. which, yeah, we'll go into. We'll Pruning in winter or during dormancy. Uh, it's recommended, I guess. I didn't know this, that you shouldn't prune them during the growing season. They apparently can ooze a lot of sap during the growing season. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know that. I had mm-hmm. a person call and wanted me to prune their dogwood. And, uh, and uh, I wanted to look it up. You can look up schematic of any tree. And that's what I found. Usually flowering early, too, right? So you wouldn't want to prune them uh, too early and lose those uh, I didn't bricks. see that. Yeah, I didn't see that. I don't know if they fruit on um, on old wood or, or new wood. Hmm. To get, you know, Yeah, I was looking for that. Like, like um, what is it? Azaleas and lilacs, you have to do yeah. that, right? Yep. <laughs> Planting, like we said before, choose an area with dappled sunlight. It's a cool word. Dappled, modeled. Got to use that word more. I like that one too. Protect them from the deer. Duh. Yeah, Plant- the, the deer do love them. Yeah, <laughs> they definitely uh, eat them. Yeah. Plant in spring or fall, right? If you plant, you can plant them during the summer if it's a container, but you just got to water the hell yep. out of it. And you might you have baby transplant it. shock. Hmm? Got to baby it. Yeah, yeah, any summer planting really. There's, they are slow growers. It generally takes five to seven years to flower. In the sh- this is this is what messes you up, but I have an exclamation point here, right? So in the shade, well, in the full sunlight, they might grow 15, 20 feet, right? For example, same mm-hmm. tree, the same tree in the shade might grow 40 feet. So I mean that they they grow more in the shade. They need this is a weird tree. This is the exception to the rule. But do they grow? They probably grow faster in full sun, right? That's not what they're saying. Oh wow. Yeah, that's not what they're saying. I know. I had to read it a few times. 
<laughs> so they grow at a greater rate in the shade then. But some shade. Rather yeah. than full sun. Well, think about it. What you it's just so said, right? They're getting dogwood and thracnose and all that yeah. in the full sun. That's going to slow them down. Mm. They're not getting a nice, healthy leaf, which is their food factory. Yeah. Forget about it. Nice, dry lawn slows them down, too. They don't have that uh, moist soil. They don't like it. You know, so think about it. They're a mid-story, understory tree. You put them out in the middle of a sunny lawn, it's like, you know, putting me in Florida and I'm dying. Are they, uh, say you put them on like an edge, are they going to keep reaching out into the opening or are they going to kind of grow straight up and down like a pine tree? I think they do reach out because the ones that I cut down were reaching out when I first moved to my house. So, yeah, partial shade and maybe with a little bit of a... You know, gap in the in the canopy there. Maybe they'll grow straight up and down. You won't get something leaning over. Yeah, maybe in twenty years. So if you're know. just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest with Ryan and Zane. Tonight's topic's all about dogwood. We just talked generally about dogwood species. Now we're going to talk about individual dogwoods, native and non-native. There's some non-natives out there that are that are uh, pretty good. But here's a native one, Zane, Canadian bunchberry, which is actually a dogwood i didn't even know that cornus canadensis so is this a tree no is it a shrub it's, it looks like a like a small plant growing <laughs> on the forest floor yeah it's in the ground cover category yeah i remember seeing these a lot and when i was in cranberry lake in the adirondacks because we were at like three thousand feet or more yeah um yeah i i always see them on the mountaintop um usually see them with what else? Uh, like star flower, other types of ground cover, sorrel. Um, yeah, it just blends right in there. Yeah, I've been watching, uh, while my wife has me watch that show Alone. Oh, yeah. Where they have to survive. And, and as as you might imagine, they have a lot of people trying to survive in these northern Arctic areas, kind of. Well, it's not Arctic, but... And it's boreal. And they're always eating these, bunchberries. And they get sick, some of them, because, it, you know, it's not toxic. But if you eat any berry that's acidic on an empty stomach... You're going to get a little sick. But um, they are edible. They're also known as dwarf cornell. They're native to the areas of North America and Europe. Basically, the you know, where Europe and North America come together in the North Country there. Mm. So, a uh, low-growing plant with white flowers to red berries. You've seen these. They are hardy from zone 2 to 6. So, you know, you go to New Jersey where I was and it's a little too hot for mm. them. So zone two is pretty darn cold, Zane. Yeah, that's pretty cold. Yeah. Um, yeah, you really don't see these below, uh, like, I don't know, 3,000 feet around here. No. Yeah, like I said, the berries are edible, but I uh, wouldn't eat them on a, you know, empty stomach. Like many dogwoods, they have nice red fall foliage, so. But they are nonetheless a dogwood, even though they look like a ground cover. Well, you think, I don't know, yeah, so they don't get very tall. They'd probably get like, I don't know, half a foot? Less? Yeah, less. Oh, yeah. wow. I would think so, yeah. Interesting. Common dogwood. This one's forgettable, actually, but I have to mention it. Cornus sanguinea. This is native to Europe and Asia. It's also known as blood twig or European dogwood. I don't know if I know this one by this. Do you? Oh, no. I am not familiar with this. 
Yeah. Upright deciduous shrub with multiple stems. I'd probably confuse it for like black haw or nanny berry or something. That's what I'm thinking I'd confuse it for. It grows in thickets. It has rhizomes. Hmm. And it's hardy from zone four to seven. So we're right we're right in there. Well not zone seven. That's more like New York City, right? But so, so four and five, that's us. So you, this could be something that could be uh could be grown. Hmm. You know. All right, let's go to my favorite, one of my favorite dogwoods. These next two are my f- my favorite. Actually, there's three dogwoods I really like. We gotta pick one. I'm not gonna pick. All right, so cornelian cherry. It's actually a dogwood. What? Cornus mas, M-A-S. It's also known as European cornel, and it's not invasive. It's a small tree, and I first saw it. Last summer when I was walking around Rockport, Massachusetts, very acidic, rocky area, this, this, uh, that country over there, it's near Gloucester, and it was loaded with fruit, man, and there was no fruit last year of any kind, and then this thing is loaded with fruit, and they're actually kind of good, if you like tart, sweet kind of fruit. So it's a cherry-like fruit, does it still have that kind of, uh, a weird, uh, uh, um, dogwood fruit to it, is it more like a cherry or it's more like a cherry with a pit you just spit out the pit it's very easy to spit out it was good i really liked it hmm. uh, they use it in liqueurs jams desserts pickles and sauces this one's worth planting like most dogwoods though you gotta have some patience though i'm sure this takes a while to grow but it was growing in the understory under shade oh, wow. and doing just fine the leaves look caught my attention they're so dark green and healthy hmm. yeah so that's pretty cool. I highly recommend that one. Cornus moss. Pretty cold hardy, so it should be good. Flowering dogwood. This is probably the most well-known one. Cornus, Florida. So it's native to the eastern United States. I think North Carolina's state tree is flowering dogwood. Mm, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I don't know why I remember that. Just some random information. White, pink, or red flowers. Uh, most of the ones I see around here have white flowers. Yeah. I've seen a lot of pink ones. Have you? I don't know if they hybridize a lot, but yeah, huh. pink to me. I don't think I've ever seen a deep red uh, dogwood flower. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's the one with the alligator bark? Yeah. So uh, this is also, I think, the biggest one, the most tree-like of all the dogwoods. The other ones we've been talking about, either they've been small ground cover or shrubs, but yeah, yeah. this one wants to have a nice straight stem. And a, and a crown on it. The fruit is not edible, Zane. It's mildly toxic, so don't even try it. Oh, my God. We are at the northern kind of range of this tree. It's a zone 5 to 9. So northern New Jersey, um, you know, hmm. New York State, Hudson Valley, you'll find it. So uh, I, I, I had it growing up in New Paltz. Do you have any up there in Syracuse? Probably never saw them up there. Just as ornamentals. Um, I was always my eye was always trained on the landscape, not so much the, the forest as it is here now. But yeah, it is susceptible to dogwood and thracnose. They have to be pruned out, so you have to do some maintenance there. Um, it is hardy of zone five to nine, so that's pretty cool. So you can plant this tree. All right, so here's one of my favorite, and I found this tree when uh, one of my kids was born over in Rhinebeck near the hospital. It's Cusa uh, dogwood or Korean dogwood, Latin Cornus Cusa, native to Asia, obviously. And it was it's right outside of the uh, child birthing center there 
and you know I got bored after a while. You know, there's not much to do. Yes, I was there for three days. You know, understandable. So, I mean, come on. So I mean, the baby finally slept. What do you do? You're so you go for a walk, and here is Korean dogwood right out there, just loaded with these weird-looking fruits. Yeah, I mean, they're strange-looking. They're big. Uh, yeah, they're almost like the size of a like golf balls or like it's like yeah. the size of a ping pong ball. Yeah, and they got these weird little dimples on them. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they're red. Yeah, they're like kind of like ribbed. They have all these different cross sections on them. It's weird. But they're totally edible, and they kind of taste like a a raspberry. I thought they were good. They're they're beautiful. The flowers are where it's at. There's a couple near me. That someone planted near Sampsonville, and they were spectacular. I mean, perfect <laughs> dogwoods. I mean, not a blemish on them. Nice. Yeah, so highly recommend Korean dogwood. It is Hardy's own five to eight, though. So for you uh, upper elevation types that are what, probably, I say you got to be below maybe. I'm just going to generally speak here. I'm not going to talk about aspect and, and uh, where you are exactly in the Catskills, but. Below 1,200 feet, you probably get away with planting this tree for sure. However, now that I'm thinking about this more, there's a beautiful one right in Prattsville. <laughs> right right where the Prattsville sign is, off of Route 23A by the Zadig Pratt Museum. There's oh, a okay. beautiful Korean dogwood. I've taken pictures of it. So that's, you know, cold enough. Nice. It's not exactly like, you know, we're not talking about Frost Valley, 2,300, 2,100 feet or something, but... uh Actually, that is pretty up there, Pratsville. It's got to be. I have to look that up now. But, um, so that's an underplanted tree. Probably does pretty well. The bark is also beautiful. It has exfoliating, camouflage, model-looking bark that is nice to look at in the off-season. Yeah, kind of like sycamore bark. It kind of breaks off in those big flakes. Yeah. A little bit. It's usually a multi-stemmed tree, kind of shrubby tree. It's not like a central leader kind of tree. So, highly recommend it. All right. And what do we got next? We got gray dogwood. I don't really know this one much. Okay, so here's breaks the rule. Remember we said most dogwoods like well-drained, rich, acidic soil. This mm. one, native to North America, Cornus racemosa, is also known as swamp dogwood. So, that tells you what yeah, it can tolerate. <laughs> yeah. It forms thickets in poorly drained areas. And this is for some people do have poorly drained sites, so maybe this is a good one. You know, I just, um, I don't know about the deer, but it has white berries, which is abnormal. They are not edible as far as I know, but they are edible to birds. So that's good. And they're hardy. Zone four to eight. So four is pretty good. Yeah. Something to think yeah, about. More of a shrub-like. All right. And then here's another exception to the rule. You know, there's an acronym when, I, when we do tree identification, which last Saturday the Catskill Forest Association had a tree ID walk. And there's an acronym called Madcap Horse, which stands for Maple, Ash, Dogwood, Capriffoliaceae, whole family of shrubs, and Horse Chestnut. And they all share opposite twig pattern. So let's just do Mad, Maple, Ash, Dogwood. Um, dogwood, opposite twig pattern. But this one doesn't. It's easy to remember because it's called Alternate Leaf Dogwood. And it as far as I know, it grows in the Catskills, and I think that's what I saw over on this member's property in Margerville was alternate leaf mm. dogwood. It's a small tree, and this was growing in the understory inside of our deer exclosure. Nice. 
so the deer couldn't get to it. And, you know, it's really cool because we put up a six-foot fence as an experiment to show what the forest looks like when the browse pressure is less. And there's, as you might imagine, red maple in there and some sugar maple and, um, oh, elderberry, which nice. also has opposite twig pattern. And then there's this alternate leaf dogwood in there. So that's that's pretty cool. So we could have more dogwood in the woods. We could. But for the deer. That's for the deer. Now, outside the fence, there's literally nothing growing. <laughs> um, it's just hedged beech and fern. Yeah. That's about <laughs> it. All right. So greenish bark when it's young. And uh, cultivars, there's cultivars as well you can buy. They have variegated leaves, which if you don't know what that means, it's like mottled white leaves. Yeah. Some people think they have a disease, but that's actually what people want. Yeah, it looks like just a stained leaf, but yeah, it's by design. It's by design. Go figure. People want this. There's a, uh, I think there's a variegated Norway maple right in the village of Margerville, actually. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those now. Yeah. yeah. Once you see one, they're all over now, it seems like. Yeah. Alternate leaf dogwood, extremely hardy. Hardy to zone three, so. Wow. Good to go on that. And uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest. Tonight's topic is we're all about dogwood. Up next, we'll, we got we got a few more to cover, and I'm going to keep the 4th of July going. All right? Jersey Town 
Just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest. That was Simon and Garfunkel, and we're talking about we're talking about dogwood tonight. And um, what do we got next? We got red twig dogwood, Zane. Yeah, which is also known as which I know it by is red osier dogwood. Red osier, yeah. So I planted these this spring. Did you really? In a uh, poorly drained area, <laughs> uh, more of a seep. So it'll, you know, get very wet and soft and spongy, and then it'll dry out, and then it'll get wet again, hold on to that moisture. So I thought, oh, this is a great species for that. Um, and they're doing great. Uh, they've already grown out of the tubes. One of them's already been browsed a little bit, so I had to raise the tube up a little bit more. But Where? where well, I mean, whereabouts? What town? Uh, Margaretville. Oh, cool. So right around Hog Mountain area. But, uh, yeah, they did really well. So that would be a nice bare root tree to plant in a poorly drained or kind of a seep, uh, shallow area. Um, yeah, if you want to create some cover, create some bird habitat, um, yeah, for all sorts of reasons. But got to protect it from the deer. So that's native to North America as well. So there's two dogwood so far that you can plant in wet areas, and that's gray dogwood and red osier dogwood. Those are mostly uh, available, as far as I know, by soil and county. Mm. Soil and water as well, districts. Yeah, the red osier, um, it's got those reddish twigs, so it has a great, you know, branch architecture to look at during the winter with the white snow as a backdrop, so it's aesthetics, too. Yeah, they're pretty. Um, berries are eaten by the wildlife as well, so that's that's good. And all these trees produce berries. Some, like we said before, there's only three, two. Two that are edible for humans, though. Kusa, definitely, because you've had them, and you're here. I'm here. And Cornelian (laughs) cherry, which is actually a dogwood. Cornelian cherry and uh, bunchberry, maybe? Oh, bunchberry, so three. Yeah, if you want to count that, yeah, right. And and you have to. Just have a little protein first. That's right. So, rough-leafed dogwood is our last one, I believe. I don't even know this one. It's Cornus Tremondi. And it's apparently native to eastern North America. Hmm. Do you know this thing? I've never encountered this. Um, yeah. We well, need to get Mike Kudish back on and see if he knows about this. Yeah, he might know. He probably knows. Of course he knows. So why rough-leaved? Yeah, yeah. I'd, hmm. I, guess, I guess it has rough hairs on its leaves is how you can identify it. Huh. So, But it's got that uh, dogwood leaf shape and probably the RQ8 venation but it just yep. got hairs on a leaf huh. yeah shrubby uh can grow on both oh here we go wet and dry areas tolerates lots of shade and will produce more flowers in the sun though so it's it's breaking all the rules it's uh, yeah. so such an odd uh, genus 
It's a weird, weird tree. It's hardy to five through eight as well, roughly dogwood. Yeah, dogwoods are strange trees to me. I don't know. They just... I guess what would be another tree that does well in the shade might be Blue Beach, which is Carpinus caroliniana. Yeah, that offers as much for wildlife and can tolerate, you know, some wet areas. Uh, yeah. yeah. Blue Beach or Musclewood. But, you know, Musclewood or Blue Beach, it doesn't, it doesn't really have a fruit like Dogwood does, though. Mm. You know? Yeah. Produces little kind of nutlets, I believe. Yeah. Uh, there's a hop hornbeam or ironwood, Astraea virginiana. That's another kind of one that does well in the shade. But I don't know. I don't find it as attractive. I guess Japanese maple is yep. another one you could do. Yeah, what about uh, redbud? Does redbud tolerate a little shade? I believe so, yeah. Uh, the ones I've seen, you know, another southern type tree. Um, yeah, tolerate a little shade, but also it does really well in the sun. You know, it's yeah. a weird tree. Yellow poplar. Yeah. It grows in the understory. It'll do really well in full sun. Right? Yeah. But, you know, that tree is more shade tolerant than we give it credit for. Hmm. I've found it in the forest preserve growing on the forest floor. I mean, go figure that. Yeah, definitely. I know it it's responds well to, like, soil disturbance or any type of, like, uh, you know, disturbance event that opens up. Gaps in the canopy it takes advantage of that. Yeah, and it's got a long seed bank too. I think it's about like maybe about ten years. I could be wrong, but it's definitely long. It's a long seed bank. What I like about yellow poplar is you can fit it in a tight spot. It doesn't spread out, yeah. so you don't need that much spacing between another tree. You, I mean, if you gave it forty feet, I think that's plenty. Yeah, I think you get away with it. It's gonna yeah. be a big tree though. Yeah, I know. I'm so thinking you don't about want that near the house. I'm thinking about planting one on the side of my uh, property because it's really the only spot I can put it without it blocking the view at some point and shading out other trees that I like. It's either going to be yellow poplar or red bud, and I haven't I haven't made up my mind. Yeah, yellow poplar. Those are those are flowers that are beautiful but rarely seen. Um, usually, people just the tree's so big. Usually, when the flowering's over and the le- the petals drop to the ground. Um, must be, if you don't know what you're looking at, it's just this uh, orange, purple, cream-colored petal. Yeah. The flowers are so high up into the canopy. So, I have a yellow poplar that is growing by itself, volunteered inside the orchard. I have a eight-foot fence, uh-huh. and I can't kill it. It's growing right next to a grape. So I'm thinking about transplanting it. So I'm, I might plant it there. It's not, you know, it's kind of near the edge, so it's really the only spot I can put it. My youngest daughter's magnolia, and I planted a magnolia tree, but but I haven't told her this yet. But the real reason why she's magnolia is magnoliaceae for the yellow poplar, not for magnolia trees. Oh, wow. I'm not a magnolia tree guy, but I do like magnolia trees. I have come to like them, but really it was about yellow poplar. I love yellow poplar. They're such a cool tree. So what a cool leaf, you know? Yeah, when I've, I've planted them before, and the roots are interesting. They're this bright orange color, and they're fragrant. And they're very, like, flexible and stringy. So even with a, a small tree I planted was maybe about four feet tall, the roots were already uh, probably three feet long. I'll e- see either if I direction. can transplant it. might not. I, lit- I thought I had the hole dug wide enough, but once I took it out, I spread the roots out. I had to dig the hole wider. Yeah. So... 
even in a container, those roots, they grow long and fast. No kidding. I believe it. But um, I think, what do we got next week? We're just about, we're out of dogwoods. If you missed the show, it was all about dogwood tonight. And uh, pretty neat genus. Cornus is the genus for this. But um, opposite twig pattern, pattern, arcuate venation is what you want to look for. A simple leaf, smooth leaf margins, meaning no serrations. Sighting is important. Partial shade or modeled shade. Dabbled. Those conditions. What Dabbled. kind of what kind of trees uh, in the overstory would would give you that? Would maple be too too much? Maple gives some. I, th- Sugar I think maple? oak would be the best. Yeah, because oak lets in more light. Yep. You know, so I, that's where flowering dogwoods often found. It's with oak overstory, but I don't know. I, I look into them. But uh, I figure you can strategically plant one near an open growing sugar maple to get that those conditions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see why not. Yeah. You know, you ever watch oak uh, light filter through an oak tree, and it's it's definitely different. Uh, grass can grow underneath oak trees sometimes, like we saw today on this member's property down in uh, Ulster County. There's grass growing underneath it. But um, that's all the time we have. I'm from the forest next week, I think, is Mr. Mead, Mr. Gary Mead, talking mm-hmm. about a different Catskills tree, and I have no idea what it's going to be yet, but he'll be there. All right? Have a good night. Good night, everyone. Oh, the neon lights were flashing and the icy wind did blow. The water seeped into his shoes and the drizzle turned to snow. His eyes were red, his hopes were dead, and the wine was running low. And the old man came home from the forest. His tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled in the street. A dozen faces stopped to stare, but no one stopped to speak. For his castle was a hallway and the bottle was his friend And the old man stumbled in From the forest Up a dark and dingy staircase The old man made his way His ragged coat around him As upon his cot he lay And he wondered how it happened That he'd ended up this way Getting lost like a fool In the forest And as he lay there sleeping A vision did appear Upon his mantle shining The face of one so dear Who'd loved him in the springtime Of a long forgotten year When the wildflowers did bloom his grizzled fingers and she called him by his name and then he heard the joyful sound of children at their games in an old house on a hillside in some forgotten town where the river runs down Oh
get so 